Girlfriends, episode number 245, Family Prayer and Catholic Moms with Father Jim Phelan. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, you get to meet my boss. You don't want to miss this conversation. Stay tuned. Let's go. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Glad you are joining me here for a new episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. You know I always love connecting with you here, and I appreciate that you share some of your time each week with me here. If you are a first-time listener, I want to say welcome. Thanks for joining us. I'm glad you're here. I'm hoping you're going to enjoy what we share here and want to make Girlfriends a regular part of your every week. If you're a long-time listener, sometimes listener, welcome back. Glad you're here. Glad to connect with you here on Girlfriends. So before we dive into this week's topic with our special guest, I just want to remind you to register for the Catholic Mom Summit. Yes, I know. I've been talking about this a lot, but that's because it is so very awesome. Okay, (laughs) I'm putting together all of these different presenters. So we've got over 80 presenters. It's phenomenal what is going on through this summit. It's going to be available the weekend of November 13th through 15th, but you can register for free right now. Go over to catholicmomssummit.com. I will have the link in the show notes. You can check it out. Absolutely free to register. So you can check it out, see all the different topics that different presenters are going to be taking on. And you know what? These women are just sharing from their hearts. I've been watching some of the presentations as they're coming in just beautiful sharing from their hearts from all different walks of life, all different perspectives. And that's part of the joy of putting together this particular online event is seeing the beautiful ways that so many different women live out their vocations to Catholic motherhood, the different ways that God calls us, the different kinds of gifts we have, the different circumstances we have, the different opportunities we have, and just the different perspectives and life circumstances that we have. And yet we're connecting about those things we share together, which is, of course, our Catholic faith and our Catholic perspective on family life. Just a beautiful opportunity for you to benefit from connecting with these women, from learning from the experience of others, and really become part of a community through the Catholic Mom Summit. So check it out absolutely for free. Of course, there is that all-access pass upgrade that I think you're going to want to check out that option because you're going to want access to these talks outside of just those three days. It's really going to be hard for you to get to all 80 of them, and I promise you they are worth it. So you can check out that all-access pass upgrade After you register, you can register for free and check out the main conference first and foremost. So go to catholicmomsummit.com to check that out. Follow the link that is going to be in the show notes. Always, my links are in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. If you can't remember to go there, if you can't remember catholicmomsummit.com, that's okay. Right now, just text the word girlfriends to 33777. We got you. We will send you the show notes to every episode of the Girlfriends podcast right to your inbox every week. You'll never miss having those links. You'll never miss an episode. We'll stay connected. So it's a win-win. Text that word girlfriends to 33777 to make sure you get on that subscriber list. Okay, I'm not going to hold back any longer. I want to share with you my recent conversation that I had with Father Jim Phelan, who's a priest with the Congregation of Holy Cross. He is my boss over at Holy Cross Family Ministries, where I am blessed to work with him on CatholicMom.com. 
He's a joy to connect with. He's a joy to learn from. He's a joy for me to meet with uh, multiple times each week. I'm just so grateful for the opportunity that I have to work with him. And I'm thrilled to have this chance to share him here with you on Girlfriends. Take a listen. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Girlfriends. I'm excited to have a special guest joining us here today. Only the second man after my to ever join us here on the Girlfriends Podcast. Who is joining us? Well, it is Father Jim Phelan, a Holy Cross priest who was recently named National Director for Family Rectory, which is based at the Father Peyton Center in Northeastern Massachusetts. He also happens to be my boss. So this is an exciting opportunity for us to connect on the Girlfriends Podcast. But let me tell you just a little bit more about uh, Father Jim's background. So prior to serving as National Director, Father Jim served in many capacities in Holy Cross Family Ministries since 1994. Most recently, he served on the Family Rosary team in Lourdes, France. And prior to that, he served as International Director of Family Rosary, overseeing mission offices in 17 countries. Father Jim came to the Congregation of Holy Cross after studying at Stonehill College, traveling and studying Oriental religions and meditation. He returned to the Congregation of Holy Cross when he was 34 and began theological studies for the priesthood. As National Director of Family Rosary, Father Jim oversees many parts of Holy Cross Family Ministries, including CatholicMom.com, where I get to work with him. And he's our director and our chaplain there. We're so grateful for his leadership. I'm grateful for not only that, also his friendship and his camaraderie as a colleague at Holy Cross Family Ministries. Father Jim, welcome to Girlfriends. I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you, Danielle. And I get to work with, it's really into accompany so many people through Catholic Mom. It's really a blessing for me. And, I, you know, here I am. I'm only the second man to, 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 be, to, to be one of the girlfriends, <laughs> to be on Girlfriends. It's, <laughs> it's great. It's great. And I get to follow, you know, the, the, my, my predecessor was, was a, a great man, too. Dan, your husband. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's right. That's really, you're, you're, you're following some, some pretty big footsteps here. Right. Um, but. You know, I think it's very appropriate, and it's it's great. It is really great to have have you here. And I know this is going to be a fun conversation because I I share sometimes here on Girlfriends about the work that we do at Catholic Mom and that that kind of ministry with women. But it truly is part of such a larger organization, a larger nonprofit, Holy Cross Family Ministries, which has. A beautiful history. And, you know, before I came on with Catholic Mom, I was only scarcely aware of what was going on down there in Massachusetts. I'm ashamed to say. So I'm excited to share with our listeners here today all the work that's going on at Holy Cross Family Ministries. But to get us started, let's talk about where it got started, because there's a beautiful story, which involves a saint in the making, Father Patrick Payton, Venerable Father Patrick Payton. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, Danielle. It's the Beginnings of this mission are really, uh, there's some impressive beginnings and some prophetic parts too to it as well. Of a mission, which uh, I'd like to say at the outset, this is our mission. This is a mission that we share within the church. Really, it's a, uh, an, a very important mission, the mission to family. I would mm-hmm. say, you know, let's, without being alarmist, let's say it's an urgent mission. Um, But specifically, looking at our particular part of it, the particular part of it, which we call Family Rosary, well, Holy Cross Family Ministries is our umbrella organization, part of the Congregation of Holy Cross. 
with various sister ministries within it, uh, Family Rosary, in which we include Catholic Mom. Uh, and then we media production, family theater productions uh, in Hollywood. Anyway, it starts with Father Peyton and the vision that Father Peyton had in 1942. He was newly ordained just a few months after having honestly miraculously been healed of tuberculosis through the intercession of, of Our Lady. He knew his life was to be dedicated to Our Lady. He was so grateful. He saw the rest of his life as consecrated, all of his priesthood, consecrated to serving Our Lady. It was 1942. The world was at war. The crisis of the family, which is now an epidemic, was looming. He could see it. Mm -hmm. Not everybody could see it yet, but he could see it. He could see it coming. So he then always prayed for months because after this miraculous healing, he prayed, well, what would his mission be? And he said, well, all he said, he didn't talk about any famous visions or anything like that, but he just said, it came to me, the family mm -hmm. rosary, to encourage families to pray family rosary mm -hmm. in the home, to do something that had been something that he knew from his youth. He was born in the poorest part of Ireland. County Mayo at the time was quite poor. And, but he had been raised in a family rosary home, and he knew that what he knew from the inside, what that can do and what that did for him, what that did for what it meant for his family. So he knew he was, he was going to consecrate the rest of his life to passing. Well, first he thought it would be just around the United States, but wound up being this huge, you know, hugely, hugely successful, shall we say, I prefer to say anointed mission of Our Lady to encourage families to pray the rosary. Right. So, I mean, when we, we look at the history of Father Peyton, what really stands out to me is how how few people actually know his story, that he was such a looming figure. And and many people are familiar with um, Venerable Fulton Sheen, for example, but he was a contemporary, right? And they they shared a similar mission. They both were gifted at using the media. And and um, the more I learn about Father Peyton, the more I'm amazed that I didn't already know about him because the world knew about him, especially during his lifetime. And I feel like Holy Cross Family Ministries now is at a place where we're able to begin to share that message with generations who might not have known him, might not have seen his broadcast, might not have been part of one of these enormous rosary rallies, right? So mm -hmm. um, that this is an opportunity that we have now to bring that message to new ears and new eyes and people to say, oh, that's the guy who said, you know, the family that prays together stays together or the, a world at peace. I mean, world at prayer is a world at peace. Those yeah. things that we kind of know, it's kind of a, a reminding people of something they already know. Isn't that right? Yes. Uh, and unfortunately, what happened is that at the after the Second Vatican Council, there was a period in which there was an eclipse uh, of the rosary, uh, well, if, as we realized, there was a kind of a decrease in Marian devotion for for some period of time. But thanks be to God, then that's coming back in force. So in the midst of that time, Father Peyton was very, very strong up until that point. And he was very, very active at this, during the Second Vatican Council. But then as there was a bit of a hiatus, uh, particularly in the North, in the United States, in Europe, uh, Father Peyton went to South America. Father Peyton was in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. He was up until the up until well the latter part of of his of his life. He was getting tired when he was in his uh, late seventies. Uh, he died in nineteen ninety two, 
So mm-hmm. at that point, he slow he was slowing down. But then when he, after his passing, then well, that's I started working in the ministry soon after that, and I've come to appreciate how much how really really important this mission is now. He was really prophetic, as I say. He saw something coming. He saw mm-hmm. this really already families weren't praying they used to, the way they used to pray, and then Telvin came along. And, you know, television, people thought television was going to bring bring families together rather naively. Um, not to say that all the television is, is bad, but it, I'd say uh, television came in and family prayer went way down. <laughs> so, right. Sure. But Father Peyton had this prophetic insight to realize that at the, the heart of what we can see now as this epidemic of the family, you know, John Paul II and all the popes for the last... 30, 40 years have been saying, wait, wait, come on, we got to do something. The family life seems to be falling apart. And what particularly we can see, there's been a real difficulty in transmitting faith to, to our children. Mm-hmm. And then uh, then in general, even the, the wider society says, well, what's happening with the family? The family is really having really, as an institution, as the fundamental building block of society. And as an institution, it's really in crisis. And what do we do? What do we do? Well, there are many things to do. But again, mm-hmm. Father Peyton's prophetic insight at the time was to already understand that at the root, at the root of it all, is fundamentally spiritual issue, religious issue, mm-hmm. and he realized that the calling families to pray together in the home, and particularly the Holy Rosary, as the the the, the go-to prayer of families among Catholics for for centuries, the mm-hmm. the family rosary. John Paul II was really re- spoke really, really loud and clear about it and saying, the family rosary will be, he says, as Father Peyton said, the family rosary will be really important for, for bringing health back to the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let, let's talk about that because that is deeply part of the mission at Holy Cross Family Ministries right. is helping families to pray. That's, I, I love that about working yeah. there, that, you know, the mission is that simple. Like we help exactly. families pray yeah. and, and, but Truly, that is what his mission, Father Patrick Payton's mission, was all about, was helping families to pray, helping families to see the power that they hold. You know, like you mentioned St. John Paul II, and one of his famous sayings is, as the family goes, so goes the nation, and so goes the whole world in which we live. And I sometimes hear that and then look at the news and think, oh, wow, like that's where we're going because, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on in the family? And and sometimes I don't have to look at the news. I just have to look at my own family and think, this is hard. We're failing at things. We're messing things up. We're really struggling here. And yet the answer to all of that truly is inside of family prayer, that it's not like it's a magic solution, but it's the answer. It's connecting ourselves to God. Precisely. That's right there. That's that's the heart of it. You know, there's so many influences. There's so many outside influences. Even good Catholic families, parents are trying to transmit the faith to the, to their children. But there's so many yeah. other influences. It's so it's scary. But see, Father Peyton had this be- the beautiful simplicity of his vision. Is so it's so it's wonderful. I mean, if I if I stop and think about all the problems in the family, I, oh no, you get a headache really fast, and it's really. <laughs> but family prayer of the Rosary. It's just something so, really so simple, but so profound. Because it's, as you said, Daniel, we're opening the doors to God. We're opening the, the doors of the home to Christ and Mary to come in. We're opening the doors so the family can wake up, realize who, it, who what a family is. 
A family is a reflection of the Holy Trinity. It's a family is the place where it's a, meant to be a holy family, where Jesus is born, where Jesus is born in the love of the, the, the people in the family, where Jesus comes to be that love and make that bring, bring his grace. Grace isn't some kind of, it's not a commodity you that buy and sell things with. It's really grace is God's love. Grace is the Holy Spirit. And uh, if when we op- simply open the door in our homes and begin to pray anything, I mean, so um, Protestants may not want to pray the, the rosary, but they, they should pray. They pray and open their, hearts, open their hearts to Jesus. Though Protestants too can discover, and many Protestants more and more, we hear about so many Protestants are realizing how the rosary for, is, it's, it's for all Christians. Mm-hmm. Because it's such a, a way in which Mary, our mother, is, is helping us to do what she always does, to bring Jesus to us and to help us right. open our hearts and our, and our families to Jesus. And then so when you, once you do that, so many other things. It just touches so many dimensions of the family life. And it starts that so, much, so many things can happen. So our mission then uh, is, as you say, we help families pray. And we're trying to do that in as many ways as we possibly can. <laughs> so. <laughs> so many ways. So let's talk about some of those ways, because there are many parts to Holy Cross Family Ministries. We're just in the process of undergoing kind of a identity change with our the logo. And so we have a unifying logo for all the different ministries, which is really a beautiful thing. Um, but it's, as part of that process, I've just become even more aware of all the different Holy Cross Family Ministries. Maybe you could run down just a few of the different parts so people could be aware of what all the different aspects of it are. Father Peyton began specifically two specific branches, just from his mm-hmm. experience. He started doing rosary campaigns. He was a young priest. Uh, he started reaching out to, he was a young priest teaching. He was a chaplain in a high school in Albany, New York, a chaplain of our congregation. Then he started going to parishes and doing parish missions and started promoting the family rosary. Uh, mm-hmm. But then people encouraged him, and he discovered himself the power of, of of media. So he got on the radio, and then pretty then he had some really uncanny successes in the radio, which we can't go into right now. There'd be another whole other story. There'd be a whole other podcast. Right. Podcast. But the doors just started opening <laughs> for him to get into media, into radio, and then to the television, and then so then what he wants he founded what we call Family Theater Productions, which is our media production house in Hollywood, which he founded in, in uh, 1947. So Family mm-hmm. fa- we, family Rosary gets going in 1942. Family uh, Family Theater Productions go, goes in 1947. And then he spent the next 50 years just uh, traveling the world. He, was, he had this incredible global mission of what he called Family Rosary Crusades. They were diocesan missions that he wound up having these huge convocations of uh, at, at the end of them. He had uh, three million people for one for a convocation in Manila. He had two million people in Sao Paulo. He had a million and a half people in wow. Rio, and he had these. You know, uh, we can't even imagine those yeah. numbers. Like those, yeah. are ridiculous. Like that doesn't happen. So it doesn't happen now. But he kept doing that. Even so, in nineteen in the nineteen sixties, he had a half a million people in San Francisco. It's to, to this day the largest convocation that's ever happened in San Francisco. Um, and he continued that methodology, uh, as I say, particularly in the in South America, in the Philippines, in the seventies, in the eighties, into the eighties. Uh, the last five years of his life was a little more, you know, he was, he was, he was getting tired. But then when he died, then uh, it was time for us to renew the, renew the mission. That's the time that I was assigned to work in the mission. I worked in, uh, started in, in Peru. I was at that time as a living in, in Peru and I w- lived in Peru for a long time. 
And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. times have changed. So, you know, it's, uh, particularly in the developed countries, you're not going to continue this, uh, the, these huge rosary crusades the same way. It's just uh, so we've, we've changed our methodology at this point. We tried a few big rosary, cru- rosary crusades and sometimes they're, sometimes they're good. But we see at this point our, um, uh, we're trying to reach out and networking within the church. And we're trying to work through, ver- with, through various channels family rosary we work we have lots and lots of uh work that we're doing through the internet through social media uh, mm-hmm. and then we do a, a number of uh, contests and working with local parishes and local uh, and schools for uh promoting the prayer of the rosary in, in in schools for encouraging family prayer through uh, working through diocesan networks through the with uh, lo- the the parish and the diocesan family life ministry programs Catholic mm-hmm. mom, we're very grateful that Catholic mom has come into our family a few years ago, and it's been it's been such a great fit. Lisa, when Lisa Hendy was ready to say not ready to not have to administer it all, she can she mm-hmm. with yourself, Danielle, continues to be the the matriarchs of Catholic mom. But <laughs> it's it's really we, Catholic mom has found we think it's a wonderful home in this family, so they can reach out to mm-hmm. families, uh, to moms, to uh, to really nourish the spiritual lives of mothers in so many ways, because as was saying at the heart of this family this family crisis is the spiritual and religious dimension which then also touches on uh, very psychological and sociological dimensions as mm-hmm. we look at that we're trying to do more and more research research on the spirituality of the family and how we can most effectively reach out to families at different different levels of their faith commitment and the knowledge of god um, mm-hmm. so we have what we call the patent the the patent institutes. We've got a number of these patent institutes in various parts of the world. Here in the United States, the Patent Institute for the Domestic Church. It's mm-hmm. a think tank. Think tank. We're trying we're, we're trying to do research on the what what helps what's going to foster this the faith and spiritual well being in the home. Uh, mm-hmm. We are. Uh, we work. The directors of the institute, uh, Dr. Greg and his wife Lisa Popchak, who have this wonderful model of what a family is really as domestic church, and trying to encourage the, a family to realize its vocation as domestic church, which really beautifully blends theological, um, psychological, and, so, and sociological dimensions. Through the institute, we're trying. We're reaching out to. Uh, offer formation for diocesan family life ministers. Mm-hmm. And then here, you know, we have a beautiful thing here in, in our office. It's called the Museum of Family Prayer. Yes, we need to talk, talk yeah. about the museum because oh, just, I did mention this on the podcast back when it when it opened, but I haven't mentioned it recently. And some people may not be aware that it even exists. So well, tell us about the Museum of Family Prayer. Like everything else, you know, like so many things, the doors at this point are closed because of COVID. <laughs> but you can go to right. our, uh, the, go to the website. It's very easy to remember: museumoffamilyprayer.org. <laughs> it's okay. as easy as that, okay. and you can go look at it and check it out. And please, uh, particularly if someplace in the northeast of the United States, please come and visit us. It's a beautiful pilgrimage site. Um, Yes, right, so right there in northeastern Massachusetts, right? Right, right where Father Peyton's body is uh, is buried as well. So please come and make a pilgrimage to visit visit Venerable Father Patrick Peyton's tomb. Come and pray and and bring your families to the Museum of Family Prayer. It's really unique. It's a unique opportunity, a combination. It's an, an offering of beauty, which had the combination 
for families, for uh, uh, children, for school groups. It's 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 a wonderful wonderful place. Yeah, and then I know our start, yeah, it's really interactive, and uh, you know we're, we're really trying to use utilize the media as effectively as effectively as we can, which happens to go lead us to then the dark live and well and thriving. Uh, I know we don't have too much more time. I think we must be about reaching the end of our time here for this <laughs> podcast. This is always well, happening. Go ahead and describe going. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we we. We need to do like four podcasts to cover all of this, but um, yeah, so Family is out in LA and maybe just briefly describe that what they're working on, because we have to mention the movie Prey, which yeah. is the documentary telling us about the life of venerable Patrick Payton. So this is in theaters by the time this podcast publishes, it will already be released. So tell us a little bit about how that project came together. Yeah. Family theater productions has been trying, has been continuing in this line, following in the father Payton's charism of evangelization through media. Father Payton was a pioneer of evangelization through media and um, working with uh, as you say, Bishop Sheen and uh, various other people in Hollywood. There's been lots of efforts to try to reach out to people in Hollywood. We continue that and we continue our media production, um, lots of media production on radio, TV, internet, and uh, some smaller, shorter films. Now we have a really one of our first longer films in, in a while, mm-hmm. a beautiful, beautiful documentary that tells the story of Father Peyton and his mission. Last night, we had a screening for it again for some of our closer friends. Um, and well, my sister, my sister was able to see that. And in the middle of the, in the oh, middle great. of the, the, the film, I get a text from her and she says, I'm watching the film and I'm in tears. <laughs> <laughs> but that's yeah, what it does. It's, it's really a moving film. It's you know, I understood right. exactly what she said, you know. Yeah, I've seen film. it uh, four times now and I, I tear up every time it's just really just a beautiful powerful story i think even for people who aren't catholic it's just a very moving human story yeah so that's going to be available so go to praythefilm.com to find out where and how you can access that film if it's not in a theater near you do know that it's going to be coming on demand in uh, various places amazon netflix that kind of thing um at the beginning of the next year so be looking for that but um father before we have to wrap up and we're going to go over time here, but that's okay. Cause it's worth it. <laughs> we always um, we tend to do that. Tanya, once we get talking. <laughs> exactly. You, you guys, you should all know what, what our weekly meetings are like. I, it's often like a, for me, it feels like a mix between like a pep rally and like a pep, pep talk and spiritual direction. And it's just really wonderful. I, I'm so blessed to be able to work with, with you, Father Jim, in that way. Um, it's mutual. I'd like it's to mutual. share a little bit. <laughs> we do enjoy our time together. Um, but I wanted you to share a little bit, for, you know, because I know the people that listen to Girlfriends, they're everyday moms, they're largely Catholic. And uh, I know there's somebody listening right now who's listening and thinking, yeah, I know the rosary. Yeah, I know. Here comes this guilt trip. And I feel like I need to be doing this with my family. I don't even know where to start. I feel overwhelmed. You know, insert whatever obstacle people put toward family prayer there. But what what words of encouragement might you speak to somebody who feels that kind of struggle right now, aren't sure where to get started, feels unconfident in starting family prayer? In the first place, don't feel guilty. You're doing the best you can. God bless you. And you know know that the prayer will help you. So in the first place, I just say pick up the rosary. (laughs) 
just hold it in your hand, take a deep breath, and you're 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 in you're starting in what Saint John Paul II calls the school of Mary. It's to help you learn to pray. It's to help you to find your way. It's not there's no right wrong way. You don't have to feel guilty if you're not doing the five you're not doing the fifteen decades of the twenty decades of the rosary. Right, you know. right. Just, just start not, about just, doing it the right way. Mary's just given given us the rosary so we can just so we she can connect with us. It's it's you just hold it. You know it's a it's 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 a it's a it's a rope that's tethering you to her, tethering you to heaven. Just start and do what you can. So and but then you know at this particular it's covert time, people people it's been so hard for people and often and people do have more time. Uh, mm-hmm. Or maybe with well you got lots of little kids, it may not have so much time, but you know you still but you can <laughs> still get find some ways. Um, we know that this we need more. We're looking for more, and there are so many things that uh, honestly can quickly discourage us at this point. Prayer is for here to encourage you. Prayer is to help you move, help you move from fear into trust, move to Jesus. And I know that anyone who sees this film will find that in this COVID time, this film is going to lift them up. Mm. We're we're talking about this film not because we want to get any Oscars or anything like that. We talk about this film because this film is about a mission that's really going to help all of us, and we all share in this mission. We all share in this 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 dream, this hope for for strong families. That my family, your family, that we can have strong, united families, families united in, in love open to grace and knowing that God is with us and knowing that God is with us in these, in these difficult times, that's what the rosary it can really help us do. And this film, pray, you'll see this film and you're going to want to go and pray with your, pray with your loved ones. <laughs> and you're yeah, going to know really it's going to be such a, it's, it's going to be such a helpful, uplifting thing. And all that we're saying now is, is father's message, father, father Peyton's message, our message, all of us sharing this, this simple key, That'll help open us to the doors of hope because we're opening our hearts to Christ through Mary. That's beautiful. And exactly right. I think that's a, that's a beautiful message of encouragement to share with anybody who's struggling with family prayer right now. So we mentioned that URL, praythefilm.com. I'm going to have it linked up in the show notes along with links to all of the other projects and missions and, and parts of Holy Cross Family Ministries for you to check out in the show notes. Those are always available. All the show notes to the Girlfriends Podcast are always available at ascensionpress.com. If you want them sent to your inbox, just text the word girlfriends to 33 777. You can get subscribed to that list. Never miss a show. Never miss a link. Father Jim, I want to thank you for spending some time with the girlfriends here today. It's been such a joy talking with you, and I'm glad to get to share you with the rest of the girlfriends here. <laughs> and it's really such a privilege to be with all the girlfriends, really. <laughs> and may God bless each and everyone, everyone who's, who listens to this podcast. May God bless all of our families. May he keep us really united in hope, faith, and love. May the blessing of Almighty God descend upon everyone who's listening, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Donya. Coming up, I've got some listener feedback to share. But first, we're taking a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you are listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. Do you find it difficult to enter into the mysteries of the rosary? What about personally applying them to your life? Drawing from the writings of the saints, the Bible, and Catholic tradition, Matt Fratt has produced Pocket Guide to the Rosary, 
a masterful work that teaches Catholics how to truly meditate on the mysteries of the rosary, how to pray the rosary like the saints, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your prayer life and improve the way you pray what St. Padre Pio called the weapon of our times, we invite you to check out Pocket Guide to the Rosary by Matt Frad. To order, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. Welcome back. I've got a little bit of listener feedback. This is the point in the show where I generally like to share feedback from listeners. And I've got a couple of things that I want to share with you here today. So first of all, I heard back from Anna, who had reached out a little while back. You might remember a few shows ago, I shared with you her question about she was anticipating perhaps getting engaged and thinking about getting married. And um, sounds like maybe she's a type A personality. And um, Anna was wondering how to handle the fact that she was nervous about the idea of losing her maiden name because it had a lot of meaning and she had a lot, a lot of attachment to her maiden name, but she did want to take on her husband's name if and when they got married. So we we shared about that a few episodes back, but then I just got this happy update from Anna. She says, hi, Danielle. I emailed a while back asking for advice about accepting that my last name would change when I got married. Thank you, by the way, for your help. I liked the idea of making my maiden name into a middle name for my future kids to keep it in the family. That was one of the many suggestions we offered. Um, but the real reason I'm emailing again is to let you know that my beau and I just got engaged yesterday. Thank you in advance for all the prayers. I know you all will send my way. Blessed be God, Anna. So happy news from Anna. Congratulations to you, Anna. And um, I want to encourage everybody listening, please pray for Anna and her fiance. Uh, pray for them to have a joyful engagement and a marriage filled with many blessings and God's good grace. So we'll be praying for you, Anna. Keep us posted. Can't wait until I see those wedding photos in your Instagram account. I'm, I'm going to be following you now. So awesome news from Anna. Thank you so much for the update. All right, next up, I heard from Sarah. And by the time this publishes, this advice and my feedback might be a little bit late for Sarah, but I just wanted to get this out there because she's asking about Halloween especially. Um, so Sarah says, Dear Danielle, I'm writing to you in the last precious minutes of nap time, so I'll try to be brief. I've been listening to your podcast for a while now, and I love your casual and pragmatic outlook on family life. I have three girls, five, two and a half, and seven months. In the past, Halloween celebration has been pretty traditional, but this year I have been trying to live liturgically and follow my faith more than ever. I would love to hear how you celebrated or chose to abstain from pagan holidays in your family. I love the community aspect of a fall celebration and dressing up the kids, and I would hate to lose that. As a kid, there was a particular parent who I thought was a stick in the mud for not letting my classmate participate and complaining about my Catholic grade school's annual pumpkin party, etc. I know I could make my kids dress like saints, but really that has its own place and I'm not really there yet. I don't want my experience to cloud my judgment, but I also want to be sure not to give the devil his due. How can I keep the fun? Side note, I'm also a room parent at my daughter's Catholic school with a COVID-friendly Halloween party to plan. Pray for me. My thought is to focus on pumpkins and scarecrows and minimize witches and ghosts. Am I overanalyzing this? Thank you for your time, Sarah. Okay, this is a great topic, and it's one that's been perhaps a little bit controversial in Catholic mommy circles through the years, um, whether or not to celebrate Halloween. And what does that mean if you do? And is it really a pagan holiday? Well, truly it's not. 
actually a pagan holiday. It's All Hallows' Eve, so it's the day before All Saints' Day. And um, traditionally, this whole idea of like ghosts and goblins and the Day of the Dead, right, which is spooky Halloween fair, typical, um, it really is, it comes from church teaching that on All Saints' Day, we're celebrating this feast of all the saints, but on All Hallows' Eve, we are mocking death. We get to do that because Jesus has died and suffered for our sins and triumphed over death forever. So we get to laugh in the face of death. And that's a little bit of what we can do if we choose to celebrate Halloween. Absolutely. If you don't like it, there's no reason in the world why you should have to do it. And focusing on scarecrows and pumpkins, that's fun. And why not do it? I mean, I've shared that through the years, we've had an annual Oktoberfest here as part of our family celebration in the fall. And um, really, we didn't start it out as a way to kind of reject Halloween, but it's just fun. Like all this fall stuff is fun to have scarecrows and carved pumpkins and, you know, make different kinds of fall foods and that sort of thing. So, you know, focusing on that as just a fun thing for kids, uh, that aspect of Halloween is great. But if you want to do a little bit of the spooky, it can be put in that kind of context, a memento mori, where... Um, which is the the Catholic, very much the Catholic practice of reminding ourselves of our death. Yeah, that's pretty morbid, right? St. Francis uh, traditionally is remembered as having a skull on his desk. He would keep that in his workplace because he wanted to remind himself that he was going to die. And there's a very Catholic thing about that. It's very Catholic to remember we're going to die and to live this life with the other one in mind, the next one in mind, eternity in mind, knowing that this world is not all there is. And our goals actually are heavenly. Our goals are in the next life. So remembering that we're going to die. So Halloween can be celebrated very much in that perspective. And that doesn't mean you have to embrace all the gory stuff, all the super scary stuff, if it's going to traumatize your kids or you for that matter. And, you know, for sure, some of those gory displays that people get way into setting up on their front lawns, I do not I do not understand it. You know, chainsaws and sawed off limbs and, you know, all of that. And you don't have to do that <laughs> for sure. But a little bit of the spooky, even just a fun ghost, you know, a friendly ghost or a friendly bat um, can be, a, or, you know, a fun kind of witch character can be a way to introduce kids to that idea and tell them that. And, you know, it very much presents an opportunity for you to teach them that lesson that, it, at Halloween, we're called to remember that we're going to die and we don't have to fear evil. We can laugh in the face of evil. So, I mean, what is that song? Uh, death, where is your sting, right? It's a mocking of death, that death no longer has power over us because we have the power of our Lord Jesus Christ who has come and suffered and died for us and saved us from death, saved us from our sin so that we can have life eternally with him in heaven. It's a beautiful message. And the kind of contrast between good and evil, the idea that we can make playthings out of the devil and, you know, you don't want to give the devil his due. Well, his due is as um, is something that we we can have confidence that our Lord Jesus Christ has power over. We know the end of the story. The good guys win. So Halloween's an opportunity to do that in whatever way you feel is appropriate, for sure. If you're, you know, a, a grade school party at a Catholic school, 
probably doesn't need to go into very much of that. And there can be, uh, maybe our kids have loved over the years. One, one fun way to do it is those, those vampire teeth. Maybe in the age of COVID, they're not a great idea because they might get shared among second graders. But, um, you know, something like that is just a fun play thing, but then put it in the context with, with your kids of Jesus's triumph over death, Jesus's triumph over evil, that we can mock these things. We can turn them into play things because we know that our strength is in our Lord Jesus Christ, who has power over all of that. So I hope that's helpful to you. And you know what? I'm for sure through the years, we've done everything under the sun with regard to Halloween and All Saints Day celebrations. And, you know, All Saints Day celebrations are great and they're fun. I never appreciated when my kids wanted to go trick-or-treating with separate costumes and then on All Saints Day, we got invited to an All Saints Day party, and then they wanted a different costume for that. Like, that is a lot of work for mom. So, you know, maybe be discerning about that, or maybe encourage your kids to do the same costume for each, one that kind of swaps over. Um, One famous year, our son Stephen wanted to dress up as his namesake, the martyr Stephen, and um, that included a bloody rock because he was stoned to death and, and fake blood on his head because that he was the first Christian martyr and he was stoned to death. So very realistic and a lesson inside of that. And Stephen got to have his blood and gore <laughs> in an appropriate way that year. So he he had the bloody gory costume for Halloween and then was St. Stephen the following day. So there are different ways you can do that. And if you Google around a little bit, there are people who've done the legwork on this sort of thing who can help you find out some, some interesting or um, traditional costumes that you can piece together without too much effort or expense. Let's just focus on the fun, however you choose to celebrate or not celebrate Halloween. I hope that's helpful to you, Sarah. If others of you have ideas for ways that you might suggest uh, Sarah consider celebrating Halloween or other kinds of holidays, the ways we can liturgically live them out in our homes, I would love to hear from you. You can email me always at danielle at daniellebean.com. Would love it if you would record a voice memo on your phone, send it to me there. I'd love to have your voice in a future episode of the Girlfriends podcast. All right, that's all the time we have for today. But I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of today's show. I want to remind you, go to catholicmomsummit.com and register free for that Catholic Mom Summit. You're not going to want to miss out on this unprecedented event that's coming together, the largest virtual gathering of Catholic moms ever. And it is global and it won't be the same without you. So check it out, catholicmomsummit.com. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for being a part of today's show. I'm always glad to connect with you here. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 